Hello and welcome to Stories from House Arrest, episode 14. My name is Jordan Merrick and as always it's a great pleasure to be here today. I'm recording this on the Sunday and uh, we've obviously just got the news this morning that our lockdown here in Brisbane will be ending at 4 o'clock today, which is fantastic news. Um, still plenty of uh, you know tricky waters to na- navigate when it comes to shows and, and obviously venues, um, restaurants, you know, basically anybody in hospitality and entertainment. Um, it's still going to be tricky to get patrons through the door in numbers, so plenty to work through, but, you know, look, we've got to celebrate the, the little wins these days, so that's um, definitely a little win worth celebrating. Um, go walk your dog, go hang out with your friends after this, and um, just stay safe, you know, um, support each other, uh, be there for each other. Now we can do it, you know, face-to-face, uh, albeit wearing annoying masks, but you've got to do what you've got to do, right, for the for the the good of each other and the good of yourself. So um, definitely great news. And um, speaking of great, um, as I'm sure you guys would have already heard by now, we've got the great Samuel Shepard on this week. And when I say great, um, you can't look past his his song that he's recorded for for the podcast in I Know You Know. The We've had some incredible performances uh, through the series so far. Um, but I've got to say, this song has been the song that has absolutely stuck in my head non-stop uh, since recording it. Um, Sam is someone I've, I've worked with in the past. We've recorded some music here and um, and his lyricism is just so unique. It's something that, and it, it, as you'll hear in the podcast, it's not something he's always put a lot of time into songwriting. It wasn't until a few years ago that he actually decided to, to properly do it. And we cover um, you know Sam's journey through, through the music scene here in Brisbane and he's you know been in Port Royal he's had Daisy in the white jacket and he talks a bit about the bands and you know coming and going and what he's learned from there and and, and it, where he finds himself now um ready to to take on the world um it's a really interesting conversation um Sam's a great guy to talk to and he's very open and honest which you know I really respect and I uh, really love that about our chat so look let's uh, get straight into it I welcome Samuel Shepard How's 2020, Sam? How's tw- how was 2020? Um, feels like this is 2020 part two. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> feels like the year has just rolled along. I don't know. It kind of does. 2020 feels so long ago, but mm. also not like at all because it's it's it is kind of just streamlined into what is now 2021. Um, 2020 was interesting. It was really good. I think it was. I think. I think it was actually a really good year, despite a lot of the hardship that was going alongside my life. I suppose it 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 came at a really good time for me in terms of um, you know, like Port Royal had just broken up. Basically, at the start, well, the end of twenty nineteen, our last gig was literally New Year's Eve, and then to you know find out in March that you're not working for like a foreseeable amount of an unforeseeable amount of time meant that I was able to write a lot and play a lot and and that's what I did I guess got a little bit stir crazy I think we all did but yeah. like and I had to, I had to get out of there but I did I did I wrote, I wrote a lot and um did some self-discovering, I suppose, and, and started a, well, started a band, a new band, um, 
and recorded with you, um, which was my first, my first song that I was, yeah, a part of in the entirety and, and wrote myself and sang and, and what, so yeah, it was a good year, played gigs, um, again, sang, was the front man, I hit, I kicked a lot of goals and hit a lot of milestones, I think. Mm. And I I wouldn't have been afforded the ability to do that if, um, or in the time frame that I did it in, if if I was working and and didn't get forced to sit with myself and yeah. and, and analyze everything, I suppose. So it was a good year. Yeah. 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 What was it like? transitioning like from being in a band that obviously did a lot of gigs and was very heavily involved what was it like transitioning out of a band like that like did you do soul searching or is it just how, how do you feel when you leave a band like like that's so that's so busy like Port Royal is that what you're yeah. talking about um, man I think about 29 <laughs> I think about 2019 and that year was just a f- a whirlwind like if you ask me to pinpoint like a point in time and tell you and relay a memory I couldn't Mm. it was just so it was so full on and so yeah I mean it's a good question Um, I was honestly riding off of the adrenaline of 2019 in terms of getting my shit together in 2020. And I pride myself on the fact that I was the first person to, not that it was a competition, but, well, not that in hindsight it is a competition, but at the time, like, between the guys that were in that band, like, it felt like a competition at times, and, you know, who was the hardest working and who was mm. who was writing the best songs, and it was conducive and non-conducive, you know? Like, it, yeah, it was a, a whirlpool of... Of things going on, I pre- I prided myself on being the first person to release a song, um, out of out of everyone from Port Royal. I think Liam released a song a week, no, a day after he. Re- oh, true. I beat him. I I beat him by a day. Sorry, Liam. Yeah, I beat him <laughs> by a day. If my memory serves me correctly, because I remember that we were both like on the phone to each other because. Yeah, he's like, oh man, you know, I've got this going on, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I, you know, I'm, we we're both doing the same thing in terms of distribution and all of that, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say that now that it is twenty twenty one, and I have the benefit of of hindsight, it also meant that I overlooked a lot of like really important things. Um, uh, yeah, I was so focused on just the end goal that it meant that I didn't necessarily enjoy the process or was quick to just make a a move and not mm. think too much about things, and which serves you well sometimes. But I suppose here I am in 2021 without a band and, mm. and going solo. And there is, there is a lot to be said for that, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> has that um has 
like those experiences, have you written about them in your songs or is that something that sort of you, you keep separate to your, your songwriting? Um, well, I wrote... What, what experiences exactly? Like, um, I suppose like just all of the above, you know, going from, you know, one band ending to getting into another one to, yeah. to, to now, to, to going into a solo artist. Like that's obviously a lot of change plus a global pandemic has, has that sort of influenced your, your writing or? It didn't at the time. Um, I mean, it might. It might be something that I look at writing about in the future. I don't know. It maybe it's a bit too close. Maybe it's a bit too close to home. Mm. In terms of me writing music about that, because that is kind of what music. Uh, if that make I don't know yeah, how to articulate yeah. that properly. But um, no, in short, I hadn't hadn't slash haven't written about about that. Although, to, on the contrary lyrics and songs and it's all affected it's a it's all a byproduct yeah of of what's going on and i suppose that was really it was a really um profound time in my life the whole port royal experience and you know i look back at that and i suppose in 2020 i was really trying to like recreate some of those moments and with new people and that's the that's the old catch 22 of you know trying to recreate a past situation is mm. that it just doesn't it doesn't pan out that way because that you're not in the in a van with those four people you're with four different yeah. you know it's it's three different people plus yourself and taught me to treat treat the present as the present i suppose and and not try and see the past in it um yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is when I joined um Port Royal, I wasn't I wasn't a songwriter really. I was I was a player. I mm. I could I could play guitar and I hadn't played bass until I joined. Um I never considered myself a bassist and I think I I joined completely for the experience and and I I learned a lot and I ended up coming out of it a songwriter. Um which is which was fantastic, but yeah, it was it was hard to write about things when I didn't know how to write songs at the times, I guess, and yeah. So you'd never written songs before then? Not in... Com- not... I'd tried. I'd tried. I hadn't written songs... Okay, no, I lie. I'd, I'd written one. But you can write a song and then you can write a song. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean. And, oh, yeah, for sure. I'd written songs, but they were not... There's a sense of wholeness that comes with a song. And for for example, the song that we performed tonight, which took very little time for me to write, I walked out of that and went, okay. And mm-hmm. it's almost like you you sigh a, just the biggest breath of relief and it's like it's better than sex writing a song <laughs> that you think when you get that feeling of that yeah. everything... If you think about like a spider web and you know if there's a hole in it mm. it's not a it's not a it's it's not right but when you look at a spider web and it's perfect and you know all of the angles mm. are right and that's how i think about a song is like you've got that web and if it's yeah all the parts are lined up then you know it's yeah. you just know 
Yeah. And someone else might look at it and go, that's not it. But to you, it's like, no, that's, yeah, exactly. that's it. And yeah. I'd written songs, but they weren't that. So, and I, I wasn't also, I didn't give myself the freedom to be a singer back then either that I have now, I suppose. I'd always wanted to be a lead guitarist. I never wanted to be a rhythm player and I never wanted to be a singer until I realised that no one else was going to do it how I wanted to do it. So <laughs> I'm sure that's an age-old story for, my, yeah. <laughs> for a lot of musos. But um, yeah, so I hadn't, I hadn't written a proper song that I walked out and, and it honestly... Um, pushed me a lot to kind of reach for something outside of Port Royal, I think, mm. because, and, you know, given the predicament of where we were all at individually, it was a pretty rigid state of affair, to, you know, and I think the whole of Brisbane knew that. But um, it, writing a song that, and it was called Queen Without a Crown, and I, I wrote it to be a Port Royal song. Um, so you know i guess on the other side of that it's like it wasn't really to be a me song it was written for a purpose and yeah. and, and when i did that you know i didn't really get the reception from the guys that i th i thought was deserving i suppose and that was when i i kind of went well i can do this now mm. so all of a sudden like a whole avenue of options had opened up for me and yeah i guess in, in the terms of like my own personal search for art you know mm. my well my own personal search for the artist within that mm. was like kind of the 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 turning point or like yeah. the, the beginning of the end perhaps yeah i suppose yeah in the start of something new and like i don't know like i i feel like i've heard a lot of your like a lot of Probably more than a lot of people have heard your songs um, from from doing recording together and seeing you, you play and stuff. And you, your songwriting is is bloody good. And I'm glad that you, you took you. that path. Thank you. Um, not to give you a big head, mate. But nah. it's, uh, it's great. And <laughs> the new one that obviously that you recorded earlier today was was just beautiful. So thank you. You, you haven't stopped, mate. And I can't wait for people to hear that video. And whenever it's out, um, obviously it'll be out before this podcast but uh yeah we'll see <laughs> um <laughs> so speaking of that new one um so transitioning then from port royal to daisy to solo mm. what like going into the solo and going into this song that you're about to put out like what's been the biggest challenge in this transition would you say like going and putting this like planning this release and, and doing it there's um there's been a lot of Man, good question. Um, <laughs> Far Too Young, which I recorded with you, for anyone who doesn't know, and what we've what I've performed today, whilst they're different, I feel like they're in the same vein. Yeah. And so... It's almost like I've gone through this whole ordeal just for the hell of it, just because that's life. <laughs> and, you know, I because this, the second song that Daisy released called Psychological Crimes is very different. Mm. Um, and I, I fucking love it, but it's not 
I, I really, I really, um, was like pulling from somewhere else. I was, I, I almost, the way that I started writing for Daisy and, and, you know, it's because I, I didn't feel like the band that I had was the right band to be writing far too youngs and, and, and whatnot for like, it, it just, I wanted to play rockier and I felt like the other guys wanted to play rockier. And so I was kind of writing to suit who I had around me. Mm. And so to do that, I had to create this person. It was like, almost like an alter ego. And I pulled a lot of Alex Turnerism shit from, you know, to, to, to create and project that. And so, you know, we wrote songs and we had almost an album's worth of songs. And I guess I, f- I realized that I wasn't being true to myself. And it was that, you know, that's easy to say, but to actually like feel that and to mm. actually go through the turns and the, the twists of, of life to arrive back at that point where it was almost like out of Port Royal I was and then all of a sudden I've just deviated completely yeah. because I tried to create this thing that just wasn't who I am. And then to arrive back in 2021, where I kind of started 2020, is is pretty. I don't know. I don't even have a word for that. But um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. Um, well, the question was um, like like going and doing like a solo oh, song. What, 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 like what would like what have you found like the most challenging part? Um, yeah. Okay. It, it almost sounds like um, you know you've had those experiences with Port Royal and, and Daisy. And I think it sounds like you've, you sort of have realized that you got to do, you got to do what's right for yourself and, and sing your songs. Mm. Um, and like, as someone who's sort of, you know, has got a, plays with a band as well as had branched out and done my solo stuff. Mm. I, I think I can definitely relate mm. in that. Sometimes you have your songs and when you're, when you're a band, obviously you, you're a lot, you have to sort of, Align. cooperate yeah. and align and and um it's hard isn't it yeah yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard and especially when you've got songs and you've got a certain vision mm. and then you bring it to a band and then sort of as you were saying about queen without a crown you don't have that people aren't vibing it they might have a different direction mm. or they might say this should be rockier or this should be here or let's swap let's add solo here and there and everywhere and then yeah. all of a sudden you're like that's not my song that's not my vision yeah and then you're not happy Exactly. Even and though that wouldn't exist without you in the first place. Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. Yeah. And I think as a songwriter, right, it's 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 part of why we love writing songs is we, we, we formulate them, we write them, we've we've got them there. And now it's let's get them on audio. Mm-hmm. That's it's as simple as that in a lot of ways. Mm. But it gets complicated when other people are involved. It doesn't have to. But I think you've got to learn how to not complicate it. Yeah, and learning to not complicate it is yeah. That's a whole process. It is, it is, and it, yeah. and it sounds like you know that there's been a lot of learnings coming through the first and then Daisy and then. Oh man, yeah. Well, it's it's like a break. It's a breakup. You know, yeah. it's like it is. Yeah, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, "Who am I again?" Like literally, and it yeah. sounds cliche, but 
like and almost comical but it is that mm. it is that 100 percent. it's yeah. very grounding at the end of the day and it's very it, it pulls you back to earth 100 percent. um but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no it's gonna be interesting and i'm really keen to hear how you know this new single goes because it's it's a real it's a fucking cracker man to be to be blunt so thank you um i'm really keen to hear how it records too i think it's gonna i'm really keen to see what what sam's vision is of this song yeah well you know through through everything that we've just spoken about i guess i've learnt i've learnt the importance of playing with people but the right people um it's not to say that anyone that i've i've played with in the past wasn't the right the right person you know they definitely were at the time but i think that i mean as you're evolving (laughs) it's either they're evolving with you or they're they're evolving against you or or just Mm. in their own way completely you're going going left and you're going yeah sometimes it's as simple as that a hundred percent and i i think that as long as you set your motive out in in the beginning and and i think that there's a lot of ease in saying this is my project i'm 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 the guy um but through that i've also learned like yeah the importance of playing with people and music is something to be shared and i don't want to do that by myself i don't yeah i don't want to get out there on on a stage just by myself because mm. fuck that like yeah there's nothing better than having a drummer behind you and a bassist to your left or your right and a lead mm. guitarist and looking at each other and feeling a moment together and like that that's something that I learned massively with Port Royal was mm. like being on a stage and I, you know Liam and I have spoken about this many times is being on a stage with those people was sacred mm. you know like and we would fight to you know until the cows came home but as soon as we were on that stage none of it mattered yeah and you know you were in the moment and you were loving every second of it and mm. it was hard not to because it just felt so good yeah and you're not going to feel that by yourself with yeah. you know without people and and so it's really important to be sharing those moments with people but you need to you need to obviously be clear about it and you you need mm. to choose the right people um and just not I, I think not take anything too personally as well you know yeah, like definitely if people aren't vibing that's that's okay yeah it's all good and if i'm not vibing well that's also all good but mm. this is my thing so yeah exactly i'm gonna go here now and so yeah um playing with people fantastic greatest 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 thing i think again better than better than sex sometimes you know what i mean like it's <laughs> To being up on that stage is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not much to be said other than that. It's a fantastic <laughs> yeah. feeling. So that's uh, that's twenty twenty one, Sam. So let's let's go back a bit. When when did you first start playing music? Have you always played like all your life? Or? Um. No, nah, not my whole life. Um. I first played a saxophone in like grade I always wanted to play sax you seem like a sax player (laughs) (laughs) I played a tenor saxophone in grade 5 
um, I didn't take it seriously. Hence why I'm not a sax player anymore, yeah. obviously. But yeah, um, that was the first instrument I played. And I was given a trumpet instead of a sax. And then I went, no, I went and bought my own sax. Well, my family bought my own sax for me. And I continued to play sax. And yeah, it was just something that it, it just music always felt right. There's things that don't mm. feel right and that you kind of push against. and But it was always like a, a force that... I gelled with I suppose um but it wasn't until mates of mine had guitars that I I just I was like a magnet I just needed to touch that guitar I needed to I needed to and a mate of mine Josh had had a Tanglewood and it was a really nice guitar and he you know he was a much better player than I was we were talking earlier about the first song that I learned and he taught me how to play Wonderwall Mm. um yeah, so I, I guess I just gravitated towards towards guitars on like not knowing though it was mm. like a an ulterior sense that just took over and then my mate my best mate Jesse um, Jesse Milne was I met him in grade. 10 so I was like 15 turning 16 or something and he he was a very good player at the time um, and loved John Frusciante and, and just, you know, had his, although John didn't play Les Paul very often or at all, um, Jesse would just rock out these this shit on his, le- like, Cherry Sunburst Les Paul. And, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. I just remember going over to his places. I didn't even know him that well. I met him through another mate of mine who lived across the road from him. So it was like just one of those things that I guess you just end up in life. And I don't even talk to the other guy anymore. But Jesse and I just, you know, have been through so much together since. And um, yeah, he would he would scream solos down the street just for hours on end. And you would just, you could, like I lived only a minute away from him. And I reckon that was just the only yeah, again, the only reason why I guess we spent so much time together. But yeah, um, he played a lot and I remember saying to him like, oh, what song's that? And he'd go, I just made it up. And I just was so dumbfounded. I was like, <laughs> what? Like you just made, you know, just... And he'd have his his Line 6 looper going and all of the stuff again that Frouche had. And I was just like blown away. And that was where like my... I guess moment of oh fuck I can do this like not like that but I can try and yeah. so you know we started jamming and he helped me buy my first guitar and I bought his amp off of him and he gave me this um uh boss DS2 pedal in the deal as well and I was just it was just awesome mm. and I had this shitty Epiphone SG that I sold pretty soon after because <laughs> it was just shit and <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's where it kind of began, but guitar's also hard, mm. and so there were there it was like a love hate relationship, I think initially i didn't yeah I didn't force myself ever with it when I was younger, I kind of just because you have the benefit mm. of time on your side, right you're yeah. sixteen years old, like you don't think that the end is nigh at all <laughs> little do you know. yeah, and now here I am, nine years later um. <laughs> 
so yeah, I didn't force it. And, and then the, again, the next moment for me was I was an Eagle Boys delivery driver. Rest in peace, Eagle Boys. I don't think they exist anywhere in the world anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, but I spent a lot of my time with at Eagle Boys because I, I worked there and I was a del- delivery driver and I would listen to Triple J and I would, again, naive Sam at the age of <laughs> like 18, I'd think, oh, I can do that. Yeah, like the that's that that song was kind of shit. Like I, I you know, I, I can do better than that. And I guess that was where my moment of like I want to start trying to put stuff together and start trying to write songs and and I, I guess I realized how much I loved music again. Mm. You know, and the love for music stems from my childhood. The best mornings were were when you would wake up with your parents playing. I remember like my stepdad playing White Snake and just oh, sick. White Snake and Guns N' Roses and um, Hunters and Collectors were a big one. Pearl Jam, well, you know, like just mm. great songs, but also like very lyrically charged songs. Um, yeah, so that's where it started and that was where the insanity kicked in, you know, it was created and here we are. Yeah. It's interesting how you say, like, as a as a kid, you obviously you listen to a lot of lyrically charged music, as you said. Has that um, like, when you go to write lyrics, do you like do you have a certain process that you follow, or mm. do you um, does it just do you just wait for it to come to you and then you just stop what you're doing and write, or it's no one or the other really. Um, my most used process up until recently with this song that I've played today um it it's 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 a hard question to answer my my most solid practice is I've always been a writer I've always written you know like all through school my short stories were always you know a a's or whatever um i've never found writing hard and i've never found i've always been a reader so mm. reading and writing one serves the other yeah. um and so i guess that's where my need for storytelling comes from um which is why i love the arctic monkeys i love alex turner because he tells stories i love gang of youths i love pearl jam i love very very story narrative driven yeah. songwriting um i guess that's why i don't really get behind like psychedelic music much and stuff like <laughs> that is just because it's it's neither it's just it doesn't make sense to me um so my process is has been for a long time i'll write stories um or i'll write stories about how I'm feeling or whatever you know like they have to be there needs to be some sort of order and like any short story any any good short story a really cool tool to use excuse me as a story the wines the the wines kicking it um (laughs) a really good tool to use for any any story writer is you begin at a point and you and you end at that same point like a way, it's a way to, mm. to surmise and remind people of where they started. And so I'll, I've always kind of r- latched onto that 
point that I think was made at school at some point. And, um, so that, that's one sort of rule that I structure my stories by is beginning and starting at a, at a, at a, at a um, uh, what's the word? Um, at a known point at a, oh, what's the word, Geordie? Um, a familiar point. Yeah. It, you know, you're not ending at some completely random. It, yeah. You're um, not ending it to be continued. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got four minutes to, yeah. unless it's for the purpose of saying, if unless the purpose is to be continued, yeah, you know what exactly, I mean? And, yeah. and that's actually kind of like the, yeah. the, the thesis that you're running this story yeah. on. But, um, so I'll do that. And then, yeah, I guess, I guess I would just highlight key points and mm. I would, I would go, okay, so that story kind of gets a little bit dry at that point. Mm. So what can we do to, what, how can we elevate? How can mm. we keep people interested? Cause it's all about hooking people in and people yeah. have such short attention spans that you need to keep them hooked. Yeah. I guess with music, you can do it musically as well, not yeah. just with words. So that's yeah. another really cool point. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that's, that's my go-to if I'm struggling, mm. but I'll find that if I'm not in a point of struggle with my songwriting, that it comes very naturally mm. and far too young. I wrote, I remember in like 20 minutes, I just, it just came out and I wasn't, I, it's always at, it's always at a pretty solemn point in life, but also it's also after you've spent, the hours each day kind of rehearsing these things and and, yeah. and playing and learning songs and you it's like the universe knows how to reward you you've been hey you've been good you've, you know <laughs> like pat, pats you on the head and <laughs> yeah. says good boy and then all of a sudden which is what happened with i know you know i was just right i just got this princeton mm-hmm. <laughs> that i didn't I, I, it was the first time i sat down and played with it and didn't I didn't really gel with it, and I was like, "Well, I'm here now, and I'm, I may as well. It'd be cool well, if you got one the, good thing in the short time I write this yeah. song, and and so I wrote it, and it just came out, and it all flowed. So I guess that's when the universe aligns, and when the stars are, mm. you know, shining the brightest is is when that happens. But it's not always the case. Yeah. Um, but I think also to add on to that is is I've learnt that you should never um, push the process. I know that I know that there's people that I'm affiliated with who are, you know, musos and artists and songwriters and they will push the process and they will, you know, work, grind at it and grind mm. at it and grind at it. And if that's what works for them, then great. But it's not something... You need to grind, but without grinding the wrong parts, I yeah. guess, is what is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm with you. I look at it like fishing. Yeah. You, know, you you cast the the line in, right? Yeah. And you're just slowly reeling it. You, you, if you go like this, if you you cast it and you're just reeling straight away, you ain't catching anything. Exactly. Fish. But you've got to cast the line. You got to cast the line and just see what bites. You and might get a song. You might not. That's picking up the guitar, right? Yeah. And yeah. doing something. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. No, I'm exactly the same. I can't. I'm not a songwriter grinder. I can't do it. No. Um. It's just if it's if it's there, if you can feel the song, like if you start, something comes up, then you just write it. Mm. If it doesn't, well, you know it's gonna, you know you'll have moments. You just got to be prepared and get ready for the moments when they come. Literally, and always take notes. Always write down oh, lyrics. As they how come. good is voice I know. memos? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. Without this, 
without a phone for people who can't see me holding my phone when I say without this <laughs> um, sponsored by Apple oh, <laughs> how many songs would just go amiss if you didn't have the ability to yeah. just record are you dri- are you driving and like this melody just comes <laughs> to your head and you're just like fuck <laughs> is this actually good Any is this cops? actually good <laughs> yeah. yeah you look around it's like okay I need to you know Yeah. and you listen back to them and it's like far out because you're not singing in you're not playing to <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. it, anyway. have you ever been in the street like walking in public a song comes to you and you're like fuck it and sing yeah 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 good yeah I think I've pulled oh, my phone that. out in front yeah. of people and they're like what are you doing I was like oh shh shh sh. you and get you, it real close yeah. to your mouth so that you're not like singing out yeah you know? and then you listen like it's like that's really not good no <laughs> what happened there I don't think anything's actually come from <laughs> doing that but you've got to do it yeah yeah because you know that when you don't do it you'll want to come back to it and go what was that i was literally i was literally doing that yesterday i was going through some some audio like voice recordings i've done on my phone that i i I, i've tried to get into the habit of naming them now so i know which yeah like so i can sort of remember what i was writing about you would you name it like the street that you're walking on if if is that something that you do? Well, one of the songs on my new album is called Tuong. Because hey, what the go. fuck do I call it? And it was the very first song I ever recorded here. So, yeah, right. So I, I like, did the yeah. same with I. I live on Clara Street, and I have a song called Clara. So yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to do it at least once. At least once. <laughs> you have to, and it's really important, I think. To I know that I listened to your um your podcast with um Callan, and he talks about East Clan Blue, mm. and. For me, Eve's Climb Blue really depicted like really well um, what Brisbane was like and what it was like going out in the valley and just how it was being a, mm. an adolescent growing up in the streets that we are now growing up. Well, we're not growing up, but we're mm. grown up, but we're continuing, yeah. you know. It's really important to almost like geographically pinpoint in your songwriting mm. because it, that's what's going to set you apart from someone over in New York because they, you know, like they, they don't understand what's going on in Brisbane and vice versa. Yeah. I guess the only thing that I find weird is like calling is like writing in lyrics like Queensland or something like that. It's, you know, yeah, you know like it just yeah. doesn't have, it's not New York. It's, yeah, I know. Or like Queensland. Chicago, Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hitched the train down to Queensland. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue like New York. Brisbane, Almost like yeah. it. Only, I think it only uh, just. I've given Brisbane a shout out in a song before. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be well done. Yeah, yeah. it was subtle. <laughs> but have you ever wondered whether people from like Chicago or like, mm. you know, Toronto or Seattle think the same? Have yeah. you ever wondered whether. I reckon they must. I reckon they must. Like, surely. It's like, what's this mysterious place called? Sydney. Sydney. Oh. Last train to Sydney. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> Victoria. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about moving to Melbourne? Ah, yeah. 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 We can. Yeah. What's the thing you most you're looking forward to most about moving to Melbourne? Melbourne. Melbourne in general. Yep. Mate. Yep. <laughs> what a city. It's I've, magical, isn't it? Oh, man. Something about it. I don't. I can't. I don't even know how to it's it's inspiration there's something about being 
I had, I've, I've thought about this and I've thought about, you know, what it is about that city. I think that the fact that it is so cold through winter and then summer is so hot and it's not humid, but it, it's still friggin' hot. It's almost something about the fact that it almost never really allows you to get comfortable. Mm. And you're almost kind of always fighting the elements. Brisbane's pretty comfortable. Especially in winter. Summer's hot. And I hate it. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's like... It's almost like... I don't know. It just keeps you just a little bit agitated. But also not in a way that is noticeable entirely. And 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 the winters are so... Like you just want to stay home. And you just want to... And, and that's where songs are written. You know? And that's... Mm. And it's it's very... It's it's a very beautiful place. Yeah. Uh, even the city is. Mm. You know, I'm I I don't by all means really derive a lot of inspiration from concrete jungles or anything, but even that city is just there's so much love and there's so it's much just, life and yeah. there's it's culture, man. It's, cu- it's, it's just, culture. It's, it's just chock full of it, and yeah, you can't right. avoid it no matter where you turn. Mm. Like you walk down Swanston Street and to the right is is Hungry Jacks and it's dingy as anything and you're like oh. to the left is this magnificent mm. I think it's the library to the left and you've got the the greenery where everyone's just sitting and enjoying a coffee and lunch mm. and you're just like what is this place yeah it's 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 wonderful it's a wondrous place yep so that's why. I think I think I just found myself not inspired here anymore, and I I went there and I was like I want to write like fucking ten albums right now you know like yeah and I did I wrote when on the way home from from Melbourne I wrote the whole flight home didn't and I did not come unstuck like mm. at one point I literally looked up after after I finished what I was writing and they were like, oh, okay, so we're about to, con- you know, mm. commence our descent to Brisbane. And I just went, what? Take me back. Are you kidding? <laughs> I got off the flight and my mum picked me up and we're driving past Brisbane race course. And I literally was like, that's not right. I'm not in Brit. Like, whoa. You know, and that yeah. was, that was a real turning point as well in my head where I was like, well, there's something to be said about the fact that I didn't even realize I was in Brisbane now. Yeah. I think it's a it speaks on what change can do for the creative process because it's not quite the same. But um, I sort of had the same thing happen in terms of writing when I moved to Brisbane from the Gold Coast. Yeah, right. Not that far apart, yeah. but I never really went to Brisbane. Mm. So moving to Brisbane and it was such a different environment. Where on the Goldie um, way? Um, I lived around Benoa, okay. so the Burbs. Yeah, yeah, not not Burley, not the yeah. nice parts. So oh, Burley sucks anyway. Yeah, well. Goldie, I don't know. I, I don't miss yeah, it. It's, yeah. it's my spiritual home, but is it actually? Would you all, call it your spiritual home? Uh, it's all my physical place of birth. Actually, <laughs> let's let's call it that. But you don't. There's well, not the really hospital an I was born in has been demolished. So okay, there's no know. hope for the Gold Coast. Yeah, then. yeah. No. Sorry, Goldie. Fair enough, though. It's not. It was, anyway, it was, sorry. It continue. Was actually, a lovely <laughs> place growing up, but um, there was a lot to love about the Gold Coast. Um, but you know, it's like. Their focus is clearly tourism. It's not, you know, 
culture. Mm. Um, so that's that's the sacrifice you make if you want to be a tourist destination. You suck out the culture. Unless yep. you're Melbourne and you do both. Which they do, I suppose. Yeah. Well, let's look towards the future, Sam. Mm. So you're moving to Melbourne. So let's go. You've been in Melbourne six months. Yeah, it's now 2022. What's uh, what's Australia looking like? What's the music? In fact, what's the Australian music scene looking like? How how are we going in twenty twenty two? Man, I hope. I'm a cynic, right? So I can't say it's going to be this because I I don't know. But I hope that um. I hope that it's thriving. I hope I hope that people have used the time that we've been given because we've been given it. You know, you. You can choose to be a victim of it or you can choose to see it as growth, a, a potential, you know, an opportunity for growth and and change and what better for songwriting juices to be flowing than mm. than those conditions, you know. So, because yeah. um, no one writes a song out of comfort, mm. you know, who's, anyway. Um, <laughs> the comfortable songwriter. Yeah, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you got to bleed. Man, <laughs> um, I hope it's thriving. I hope that people who are artists and aren't artists realised how much that they love mm. music and, and art in general. I don't even want to talk about just... I just want to talk about art in general because music is art and we're all one, you know. All artists are one regardless of how you express. You are mm. You are an artist and... I just hope that people are able to see what was once not there and now is again, you know, like see it for what it really is and see how beautiful it is and mm. and get around it. I hope that, you know, I hope that shit's back to, back to normal as much as normal can be. Yeah. I think that it will be. I think that the rate of, you know, vaccinations and and the rate that, Things are starting to get better. I think that by 2022, in in about six months' time, we'll be at a real turning point. So, yeah, skigs are happening. People are thriving, writing better songs than they ever were, mm. and um, really not taking anything for granted. Yeah, I think that that's that's what I want to sort of end that point on is like not taking anything for granted. You know, and if you're still doing it, you're not doing it for the money after COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, you know, if you're doing it for the money, you, you've never stood a chance either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I don't, yeah, that's all well, I really I, have. I hope your fortune telling it proves to be correct because... Um, I hope so. No, I, I definitely think the same. I think when the vaccination situation gets you know, get sorted. And I mean, they're clearly importing a crap load of vaccinations now. That I think we've got three different varietals now. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One for each day. You Man, know? Think, about how, <laughs> think about how many artists have held off. Think about the influx of music that we are just going to be bombarded with. It's going to be, like, it will go down in history. Yeah, it'll be if, nice. if my If my prediction is correct at this point in time, it will go down in, in history as just like, it will there'll be so much coming at us it'll be easy to miss a lot but it, you know like i know that bonnevere had a world 
to like well not i don't know about a world tour but he was coming to australia i know that that's been put off massively mm. even mm. the gunners just got delayed didn't they oh did they yeah i think yeah, they've okay. been pushed back well there you go you know we're gonna be bombarded there's gonna be so much opportunity for music and mm. it will be so inspiring for anyone who wants to do that it will it will maybe be the birth of a whole range of shit <laughs> yeah 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 no i think it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting time because as you said a lot of people you know especially people who are probably you know at the level where they were relying on musical income have have had it all stripped and then you know mm. i wonder how many of those people are going to get back up and dust themselves off and go again because it's, it's hard to do like mm. it's hard on sleeve stuff so i think that those that do are going to appreciate it a lot and i think everyone's just going to go uh, absolutely ham on, on yeah. gigging and releasing and, and just embracing it. And I hope so. Yeah. I tell you what, if COVID has taught musicians anything, as you said, it's just not to take a, any gig for granted. Like no. I played a gig um, and there was some drunk people in the crowd and they were fucking annoying talking. But mm. man, I was just like, I'd rather this than nothing. Mm. You know, it's so good to be able to sing and, um, and play because you just never know when that's going to, go again so. and I know that pre-COVID I've played gigs that I didn't really want to play and I don't I don't want to do that again mm. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah like, exactly right so yeah 100% yeah no, that's it. mate well hopefully for the sake of us both and every, every musician every, listening every musician <laughs> yeah. and artist yeah. yeah it'll be okay it'll be okay it will be okay we got this <laughs> well Sam th- I just got to say mate thanks so much for coming on it's been really great to have you on and I'm glad to get you on before you, you jump off to Melbourne yeah well. man yeah it's been a pleasure yeah thanks well, for having me no mate my pleasure well I've got one last question for mm. you and mm. it's my favourite one mm-hmm. um, what is something or someone that you're grateful for and you can name more than one thing. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah. You, you yeah, can't just yeah. pinpoint that to one I'd thing. Love, I'd you? love to make it difficult and say you have to name one thing only, but that's just... Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, there's so many. I know that that's, that's a good thing if there's so many. Um, grateful for my, for my mum. I think that out of, like, as an artist, beating your family is a real hard, a real hard thing to do if you're not from a family of, uh, of artist, you know, artistic influence, which I was not. I was uh, the first, the first generation, well, yeah, my mum was the first person out of my whole family to not be military. Oh, wow. And I would be in the military right now if it weren't for the fact that I had a bung elbow. Um, so I'm thankful for my mum because she's, she's the first person that thought I could do it and, the, and, and that inspired a lot of, you know, resilience, I suppose, because um, it only takes one person. The hardest person to beat is yourself, isn't it? But mm. it helps when those people are there. So I thank my mum and I thank, I thank Jesse, as I mentioned him before, for getting me into this predicament <laughs> although it's been a hurricane of emotion and <laughs> and just shit's been flung everywhere and whatnot it's been you know fantastic and i wouldn't be here without him um everyone that i've shared a stage with 
like, you know, all the guys from PR, all the guys from Daisy. Again, they've. I would not be who I am in this in this point in time if if it weren't for them and their influence and and whatnot. And um, massive massive appreciation for Liam actually, especially and Connor. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm missing people, but that's what comes to mind in the first place. And then, and then, you know, you've you've got all the people that come and see your shows and all the people that that listen to your music, and that's massive as well. So, mm. massive appreciation for the appreciators of music. Yeah. Um, because there's one thing I've learnt I think recently is there's a lot of them there's a lot of them Mm. and there's a lot of people out there that have really good taste in music even though sometimes it's easy to doubt that (laughs) that there are you know there are people out there who really rally behind your shit and really really I don't know anyway I'm getting lost in that thought um (laughs) And then I'm thankful for Gang of Youths at the moment. I'm thankful for the Arctic Monkeys. And I'm thankful for... That's it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to yeah, leave it there. Thankful for you, Geordie. Oh, mate. I'm thankful for you and thank you so mate, much. Mate, without you, I wouldn't have a song on Spotify. Mate. Well, My first song recorded in the very room that we, were si- we are sitting in right now. So... Thank, All on that thanks couch. to you as well. I have a very firm must record on couch uh, set up here. Is it still the same couch? Same couch. I almost thought it was different. I was uh, like, maybe he's doing just, these podcasts. Uh, you perceive it couch. in different forms every yeah. time we come in. It's a magical Well, the room thing. setup is different. It is. I've moved the desk. Yeah. I must say, I like I like this better. Yeah. 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 It's uh, definitely a much uh, more feng shui or whatever that shit is. I don't know. It feels better. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, man. <laughs>